0: No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.
1: What up, everybody? This is Jason Lane. This is Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored.
2: And I'm Rosalind, the managing editor at Hollywood Unlocked.
1: Hey, I'm DJ Damage. What up? And we are back. And listen, there's so much going on in the news this morning. Hollywood Unlocked. I woke up to all these tweets and alerts and DMs on my personal page of what's happening on Hollywood Unlocked. So we're going to jump right into it. But before we get into that, uh, let me just give you a quick update. One, you could download and subscribe to the show on YouTube, uh, Spotify, where else? Google Google Play Play, and iTunes. iTunes. It's everywhere. And give us a five-star rating. We already have a five-star rating, but we'd love you to continue to give us that. And an update on our Instagram page. We are still going back and forth with Instagram. We have not given up hope. Um, We have one more thing to do. And when that page is back, it's going to be lit. Mm
2: -hmm. A.F., Okay. okay, but in the
1: meantime, here's our uh, temporary Instagram page. Make sure you're following us there because we're there.
2: Yeah, that's where we at.
1: All right, so there's a lot going on in the news.
2: So, a teen in Australia is making headlines for auctioning off her virginity to pay off her parents' mortgage and buy a car. Mm. Yeah. Where's she going with that? <laughs> um, but apparently, she's already received two offers. Nasty ass. Uh, yeah. And she's been using the fake name Sienna Payton. But, but this, not-
1: this happened before. That girl yeah. in China did that.
2: That's where she got That's- the idea from.
1: Okay. What in the prostitution is going on? But, now? <laughs> but is it really prostitution if it's more like a lottery? Is it? Technically.
2: Mm. If you're
1: auctioning it off and people are bidding on it, I mean, you're playing. I- it's for a great cause, though.
2: No, the hell it's not. Yes, it's it probably is.
1: Probably not, not even a virgin. But what happens if you pay a hundred thousand dollars and it right. comes with, you know Used. <laughs> Mallage. Used goods. How do you prove that the vagina's been used? Right. Nick, I just would he know?
2: I, I, know? I think if there's no uh bleeding and no tightness of the <laughs> area, then that means somebody's already walls. parked their car in that garage. Or
1: maybe she just <laughs> I don't know you know the oh. vagina area is not one of my expertise i know a lot of things i don't know <laughs> but what would what would one you know because typically when you buy something there's a receipt with a return policy mm-hmm. how do you get a return policy on an auction for a vagina <laughs> Ooh, mm. let me think
2: maybe if it's not good then she could just give them head she should put that as the clause
3: <laughs> that ain't what he paid for i'm sure these people if they spending that much money they might be uh coming with a doctor um ill. i don't know <laughs>
1: Well, listen, God bless them. And so what's the question?
2: (laughs) The question is, how would you react if you found out your child was selling their virginity online?
1: Slap the shit out of them. Let me just say, if I found out that my kid was online auctioning their virginity for my house, you'd be proud. No, I would. I would. No, I'm, one, you're not teaching your child right. Like, if you found out your son, you have a son. If you yeah. found out your son was auctioning his virginity, you would be proud? Hell yeah. Oh, no. I, I, why? Go, give it up. Son, give it up. Especially to get me something. Give it up, son. No, you do, would not. Do
3: what daddy taught you. Poor child. You did not teach your son to go and have an auction off his virginity. Hey, man, up. if he held out that long to 18, I'm like, look. You know what? This was God's plan, son. Now you get some ass, and you get to pay for my mortgage. It's a win-win. Jesus.
2: I I can understand a woman auctioning off her virginity. I don't see why a, what woman is willing to pay a man. Oh
1: yeah, oh, t- you never know. No, there's women out here paying men
2: to take a man's virginity,
1: to be with him, to shop with him, to look at him, to smell him, to wash. His I'm not. Underwear. I'm not
2: interested. I'm just. I, one time, I I I took a virginity. I didn't know. I found out later, and, oh, and I and I was like, was that? It, I, it made sense. <laughs> I was like, I'm not surprised.
1: Well, you know, I can't say that my first time was with somebody special, but oh, do right. people still cherish their first times?
2: I like think guys heart? are trying to
3: get it out the way. <laughs> I think we are just trying to hurry up and get it out the way, get some I experience. in
2: I, I didn't really do it with like a super special person.
3: But, but do women nowadays talk
1: about preserving themselves for the first time? Yeah. I, I don't have not none of my homegirls.
2: I mean, well now you got <laughs> women like uh, Yvonne Orgy, who's still a who's still yeah. a virgin. Shout it's out to like, Yvonne,
1: but isn't she engaged now? Or in a re, she's in a relationship? She's mm-hmm. about to get she's it. She's about up. to get it in. And so she's the guy with it. her is the guy from the show, right? No, no. Okay, wait. So the guy, the, the Yvonne, or her name is Orgy. Yes, Orgi. Exit is Orgy. Is it's it? Orgy. Orgy. She's, Nigerian. Is she's Nigerian. How your last name Orgy, but you ain't, ain't got no business. That's penis. right. It's, it's about to happen. Okay, so now that they're in a relationship, she's a virgin. She's she's saying she's gonna give it she, up.
2: Yes, because she was waiting. For the right guy, you
1: know? I don't think she did it yet, though. I think she once just she's, filmed that and release it.
2: Yeah, because oh. I think I think when you wait that long, because I also have a friend that's a virgin, and what we're thirty. Um, right,
3: easier. She's a thirty year old. She's a thirty
2: year old version, and at this point, I think she just is even too scared to have sex.
3: Yeah, cause at that point, it's like for Cause, what?
2: Yeah, because it's like she's had it for so long. I guess I don't know. And now it's like a precious gem.
1: Once she gets that dick up in her, she's gonna go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be out here busting it open on Hollywood open. Boulevard. All right, what else is going on?
2: Talib Kwali. he's Mm. saying that Kanye West, he's admitting that uh, Kanye West is jealous of Drake. And as anyone who knows, Talib Kwali and Kanye, they have been music collaborators and worked together for years. They've been close friends for years. So he's saying that he knows firsthand that Kanye is intimidated by Drake. He he doesn't like uh, that Drake moved to Calabasas. Wow. Uh, He doesn't like how uh, Drake is always number one. He doesn't like how uh, Drake moved to Calabasas. He doesn't like how Drake is, uh, all of his singles go to number one. He also says he didn't like- Drake um,
1: moved across the street from Kanye though. (laughs) (laughs) And that pissed
2: him off, apparently. And he brought up even saying how, um, you know, angry Kanye was when Obama called him a jackass. (sighs)
4: So
2: now we could even see why he's so pro-Trump. And so clearly it's like Kanye got some ego issues. So is that a mental health thing? Or is this just Kanye having ego issues? No,
3: dude clearly got some mental health issues. Mm -hmm. If you're really that mad that somebody else is winning, nobody was ever mad when Kanye won. Everybody was super supportive. Yes. Always celebrating, dude. But now you're mad that Drake's getting some shine. Like, come on. I
2: I
1: don't struggle with wanting to be liked all the time, but I do struggle with feeling like I'm misunderstood a lot. Yeah,
2: but are you jealous of someone else?
1: No, never. I never look at, you know, last night I had a a conference call uh, just talking strategy with the owner of Fashion Bomb Daily and Mm -hmm. the owner of Ball Alert. The three of us were on the phone. And I said, you know, even though we're all competitors, we should be able to work together. And Robin from Ball Alert said, I don't see you all as competitors. I see us all as colleagues. I Mm -hmm. see us as, or Claire said that, one of them. I think Claire said that, and then Robin agreed. And I mean, I feel like we're all colleagues. But you know, when you are in the rise, especially when your star starts to get a little brighter, some people do get a little jealous or they do look at you a certain way when you start to make certain moves that they're not making. But yeah, I mean, I've never looked at anybody and been jealous. I won't lie and say that I haven't measured early on when I was doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was measuring my success based on other people's success, but was never jealous.
3: For Kanye to come off as such a collaborator, mm. it just seems very strange that you're just sowing your ego that yes. Drake specifically is winning. But even though it was a, back in the day, he he took a shot at Big Sean when Big Sean was hiding him on the uh, hottest MCs list. He took a shot at his own artist. So you see wow. that Kanye really struggles with that ranking issue.
2: Well, if he stopped focusing on the ranking and just focused on the music, he could get back Please. to making good music again. Like, why are you? And, and so now, remember he was denying that he had told Pusha T that inside on drake's mm-hmm. baby but now if we're finding out that you have a little vendetta again i do
1: bro well, what i find interesting is that kanye seems to be from what talib is saying fixated on drake whereas you know for me there are people that can change my energy just mm. i'm an energy person so there are people that i choose to stay away from and i know who they are because they change my energy but there's no one person that i'm so fixated on that yeah. everything they do changes my energy does that make sense
2: yeah Mm. Just All
1: right. Well, God bless Kanye. God bless Kanye, but is it on the other hand isn't it kind of messy that Talib is putting out his business
3: like that? Talib I know,
2: probably,
3: right? <laughs> he probably fed up. Like this dude, man.
2: Yeah, he probably's like I'm tired of staying silent. People need to know the truth.
3: I want to know what Talib happened. is raw too.
1: Well, speaking raw. of raw, he's right. cheating on his wife. What happened with that? We stopped talking oh, about shit.
2: that. Oh, Talib was cheating on his wife.
1: Yeah, I used to be really close with his uh wife DJ EQ. And I haven't seen her in years or whatever. And, I I mean, she's an amazing, beautiful woman. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that scandal kind of just, like, went away. If you're going to put people's business out, yeah, let's get you, an update yeah, on that. Let's get
2: an update on your marriage issues.
1: God bless you, Talia. But, anyway, what else is happening?
2: Uh, Heather Locklear, actress, if you remember her from Melrose Place, she has been placed on a 5150 psychiatric hold. Mm. And this is coming, uh, I remember we wrote about this, like, just about a month or two ago, she was put in a mental health facility because she had a mental breakdown. So this is now the next update we're hearing is that she's been placed on a a psychiatric hold. So um, it's, you know, more alarming. And I think now people are understanding like, oh, there's some serious issues there going on. People at first were thinking it was drugs, but it's clearly something deeper there. So- I now mean, exactly. mental
1: health is a real issue. Right. I mean, Heather Locklear, you know, the thing about Hollywood and celebrity is yeah. this is all make-believe and you can dress it up and you can make it look a certain way, but the reality is that people are struggling. And in this city, especially when you have dreams and them dreams aren't being met. or you. Right. I mean, I woke up this morning and I was a little stressed. I mean, I've talked on the show about struggling with depression and things like that, but I was stressed, you know, dealing with legal stuff and then dealing with the Instagram and then, you know, you, you do have... All these other verticals to your brand or your business, you know, starting a book. There's just a lot going on where you could become overwhelmed. And I don't know what her breaking point is, but didn't she also used to date Charlie Shane?
2: Yes. Oh, shit. She did. I know. <laughs> okay. I mean,
3: <laughs> I'm saying right there.
1: But the one thing that we don't do is we don't talk to people. We do have somebody coming on the show, Marnique Rogers, who's written a book. Um, That's uh, called Now That I Have Your Attention And she talks about depression And I mean Maybe you can ask her questions About yeah. what people go through But you know I find it really interesting That nobody saw this coming Like for me Heather Locklear Is Melrose Place Wasn't she Melrose Place? Melrose
2: Place mm. What was going on at Melrose? I
1: mm? mm. don't know Speaking of Melrose I went bike riding there The other day <laughs> It's so funny Running by the TMZ bus Oh uh, yeah Nobody recognized me But anyway they didn't, they didn't
2: shout you out On the tour?
1: <laughs> All old white people I bet you if I was a golden girl, they'd have hopped up that bus. <laughs> All right, so Black China's in the news. What's mm-hmm. happening with Miss China?
2: She has partnered with Densia, who owns the white controversial White Nicious Skin Lightening Cream. White Nicious. Yes. And so Black China is now promoting it. She, the It's going to sell for $250 a jar Damn. where you can lighten your skin. She's already light skin. Well,
1: that's already happening. What the right. news is that she's going to Nigeria to do it. Yes. And so there's, you know, uh, Dencia is from Africa. She's, she's from Nigeria. I was friends with Dencia when she was this color. Whew.
3: Which color is she now? She's
1: Jason's
2: color. No, she's this color. She's
1: so it works. White. No, it works. The product yeah, works, but the idea is, the idea is having a brand that I think you know, having a whitening cream for scarring or for you know when you get dark spots or something mm-hmm. on your skin, yeah. but to bleach your entire body, I guess is the controversial thing, and the fact that she's going over. Um, to Nigeria to do it. But I mean, where is the boundary? Like, where is it too much? You know what I'm saying? Like, where does becoming an influencer influence too much? Not when right. you need that check. Yeah, but right now we're going into the 400th year of slavery, right? So there's right. a whole program in Africa centered around slavery and slaves coming over to our country. And then now we're going to, our, our return is to go back and show them how to be white white i mean
2: i'm against it in general like the whole skin lightening cream and it 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 is done more in uh like nigeria uh parts of africa and in the west indies jamaica that remember what spice was just saying talking about it they lightening their
3: cream vibes cartel
2: but with china endorsing this product you know we know she's getting paid and I, i to her i feel like she's probably like whatever people are using this cream regardless if i endorse it or not so I might as well, you know, like she's comes from being an exotic dancer. She's like people gonna come to the strip club regardless if I'm a stripper or not. So I'm gonna go get that money.
3: Why? Can't her blame own. her. Why? Why? Why did they feel like she was the best influencer for some skin whitening? Because she's already bright.
2: Did she? Uh, people still till this day say she might have possibly because if you look at Black China before, mm. like before Taiga, she was a little. Her skin was a little darker.
1: And maybe she did lighten her skin a little bit. I, I don't understand the need to whiten your skin.
3: What, what, what is that for? I guess um, in countries like, yeah. you know, in Jamaica and Nigeria, yeah. it's a class thing. Mm-hmm. Like Jadena, he's considered to be a higher class. He said right. when he goes back to Nigeria, he needs protection because people will try to kidnap him. Because his skin complexion signifies oh God. God. some I know. kind of wealth. But in this
1: country, we ain't kidnapping you for being like skinned I walk no. the streets what is going of on in Africa? every day, but I walk the streets every day <laughs> in Hollywood and I ain't been kidnapped yet. If
2: you go to Africa, <laughs> they're going to take you, Jason. Well, you no, i have
1: security. But back to the question. So like, where is the where is the line on being an influencer? I don't understand influencing people to change their skin color.
2: Yeah, I mean, but uh, again, I think China's more focused on her dollar yeah. and taking care of her kids. You always get to the money and providing that luxury well, lifestyle. Well, that
1: recently they there was news that Rob Kardashian can't yes. pay her anymore, so right. maybe she's supplement the supplemental income. They probably paying her a lot.
2: Well, I think he's even using this as, as an example as to why he shouldn't be paying her what he was paying her because he's like she makes m- more money than I make. So why do why am I paying her twenty thousand dollars? And then he said that when they signed the agreement, it was during the time of the revenge porn case. Mm. so he was already under you know stress or whatever, so he just kind of signed agreed off to it, and he didn't even listen. Really,
1: China you know. get your money, but Nigeria shut the border down. <laughs> All right, what's going on with Takashi?
2: Oh, Lord, Takashi. so now Takashi is in jail. A, a lot of different reports of um with his affiliations. he's being charged with racketeering and he's been denied bail because they said that he's a risk to society mm. um and this comes after there was reports saying that people wanted to super violate him so that's why he was first arrested apparently for his own safety
3: yeah super violate in new york means they're going to try to kill you
2: yeah pretty much that's
3: long story short that's
2: pretty much what that is so at this point now he's behind bars but now there's charges of racketeering and Gang activity being attached to him So we don't know if he's going to get out
3: Can we address something though When have you ever heard of the FBI Trying to protect somebody right. You know what that really means um, No
1: I was watching the uh, Monica Lewinsky story last night on A&E And she talked about right in the heart Of when everything was coming to a head The FBI took her into a hotel room And were and were holding her um, Not legally like in prison mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I mean, they were holding her to be able to get information from her. And then they started to do funny shit to like coerce her and to tell on people.
2: I
3: think we're saying the same thing. So Jason. do you think they're trying to put pressure on him to snitch? That's what they oh, did. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. You you, sure. you. even if you just watch power Angela's like, I can protect you. They're trying yep. to protect. They want him to snitch on his former. And he said, no, he had do to th- sign a waiver to leave. Mm-hmm. And then two days later, he's locked up. Do you think he'll snitch? No, he didn't. That's why he's locked up.
2: I don't think he'll snitch. And if he doesn't snitch, he's going to do late. some
3: time. It's too late. So is Takashi over? Is this it? Said? It it's,
2: was only a matter of time. It's
3: looking bad, man. He's if he's convicted thirty-two years, minimum. He's
2: gonna do some time. If you're not willing to give up a name, you're gonna do he'll be right up in there with Bobby Schmerta.
3: He in there right now. They said he in general pop.
2: Oh yeah, they didn't even. They're not. That's how you even know they're upsetting him for not giving the information. If they put him in general. But the crazy
3: part of it all is, with as much
1: beef as he's created trolling. I mean, that's a dangerous place to be. Oh yeah, because I'm sure there's people on the streets with ties in there trying to figure out how to get him.
2: Oh yeah, mm. I mean, but I'll pray for his safety because it's not to me. Yeah. He's not a bad person, but he's definitely um, too much of a, a goofball.
3: If you influence negative shit. Negative shit comes to you, man. Rather you do it or not. Well, listen. Uh, hopefully, he dyes his hair, because there ain't no way to hide
1: from that. Because his face is six. Not. Don't me. they cut your hair in jail? I don't
2: he, know I, I'm shit just gonna pray for him because he's very attractive. He got the pretty face. He's
1: not very attractive.
2: He's cute.
1: Takashi six nine is not very attractive. He got Uh-oh. a cute face. Boris Kojo is very attractive.
2: <laughs> Takashi got a cute face.
1: Takashi six nine is not attractive. That shit tastes like that.
2: Well, I do like poppies. I always take Spanish guys, but he's too short. I like
1: poppies, too. That's not a poppy. He's a poppy. That's some other shit. And as you know, we've been talking a lot about depression and all those things related to mental health. And today we have Marnique Rogers, who has a book here, and she's going to talk to us about that. So welcome.
4: Hi, welcome. 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 Thank you for having me.
1: No, of course. And so you have a book called Now That I Have Your Attention? Yes. Well, now you have our attention. Mm -hmm. So what are we talking about?
4: Yeah. So... In the black community, mm. um, mental health is not really normalized. Like, people associate mental health with being crazy. Like, when I first was open to my mother about, you know, I, I go through depression, um, she kind of was like, oh, what, what you want to kill yourself or something? And I'm like, mm, no, but it's, it affects um, my everyday relationships, like my friendships, um, Intimate relationships, my relationship with her. So I kinda wanna do my part to normalize it. Yeah.
3: It does seem like mental health is disregarded in the in the black community, especially mm-hmm. for guys. You know, me growing up, it's like certain issues you go through, it's like swallowed and shut up. Yep. You know, yes. a lot of the time. Or what are you talking about? They used to call it you're bitching. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think it's definitely important. Um what tell us about your journey and how you came mm-hmm. to make this book.
4: So I was basically at a point in my life where, like, I hit rock bottom, and um, I really wasn't identifying with childhood traumas that uh, affected um, some of my relationships. So, um, like I talk about, um, when I was younger, I was sexually assaulted by my uncle, yeah. and you know, it, like you said, in, in the black family, it's it's always like what happens here stays here don't be telling everybody your business. So mm-hmm. I kind of found my own way out of it or whatever. So um, I talk about like having my first sexual experience and like I freaked out cause mm-hmm. I didn't want, I didn't really want anybody to touch me. I didn't know how that would feel. It's so a PTSD. Right, right. And, and like people don't realize that PTSD is not, only for people that's in the army or something yeah, like right. that. Like That's what I realized. So so, so I haven't had yes. a chance
1: to read your book now um. that I have your attention. So what is your background? So like, what is, let's put the book in context. Is mm-hmm. it, is it just a one person's, um, you know, memoir of what they've been through? Is it like a guide, a self-help guidebook? Like, what is the context um, of the book?
4: Both. Well, I wanted to identify with people and I didn't want to limit it to just a certain group of people because there's been situations where, like, I have friends from every different type of racial background. So it's kind of getting people to really think about the way your psyche, the way you think, affects somebody else. So it's, it's, it's a memoir. It's a, it's a self-help help book. It's a way for people to be um, mindful of other people. Like, I talk about um, me and uh, my friend, she's Caucasian, and we were vibing, and she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like, we have more in in common than um, me and my other friends. And it kind of made me realize, like, color really still is a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you didn't think that me and you would vibe because of the color of our skin. So I made so many correlations between Slavery and racism and and mental health and I really haven't seen anybody really do that. Like, yeah, we talk about race and stuff like that, and then we talk about mental health, but it, it's the same thing, you know. So,
1: what's your background? Are you a college I'm, student?
4: I went to college, but I dropped out. Um, I'm a TA now. I'm special ed TA, so I work with a lot of kids who have mental health issues. Okay. But, so you in the field? Yes, I'm in the field, yes. It just opened up my mind to so many different avenues and there's so many different dynamics yeah. that that goes along with mental health or, or how we think. So
1: I, But how do you deal with the of criticism of people that may say, "Well, you're not an expert, so why are we listening no. to you?" I mean, I think sometimes being mm-hmm. an expert is meaning you've gone through it yourself.
2: Right, exactly. So
1: you can say, "Look, I'm an expert because I've actually been through it." But yes. what do what do you say to critics who may say, you know, why you, why should we listen to you? What, what, what what impact is your book going to have on what I'm going through?
4: Like, like you said, life is the best teacher. My story is sadly very common. So I feel like if I could identify with people through my story, show them everything that I've been through, they kind of can connect like, okay, well, this is how I feel. And you don't have to be diagnosed with depression or anxiety or anything to um, identify with somebody who's going through it. Because the fact of the matter is we're all affected by um, society and everybody seeks validation at one point. Everybody has shallow moments. Everybody do things that's fear driven.
2: Mm -hmm. Right.
4: I just did that dealing with depression. But somebody who is not diagnosed or, or doesn't deal with depression can do the same thing that I do. I'm trying to identify with people and get people to see how we're, we're the same. Like I know, um, the same.
3: you know, growing up, we had to deal with looking at the dynamics in our family, mm-hmm. society. But now they have social media that brings mm-hmm. so much anxiety on people. You speak about validation. What are yes. some differences you see, you know, being out in the field that social media has been affecting people with depression?
4: The standard on being beautiful like you, you're not nothing if if you don't have certain clothes. You you're not anything if you don't have, um, certain hair or whatever. And you see all these celebrities, who doesn't even aren't even like that naturally, right? You know. So it's like somebody looking at it who's identify who's um struggling with identity issues, um, will kind of look at that like oh, like they will waste their whole life trying to look like something mm-hmm. that's not real. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I'm trying to like expose. Mental health is not you you don't have to be diagnosed with something to be dealing with something mentally. It's it's depressed right. is extreme sadness. I'm extremely sad about something. Mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with a traumatic issue or something like that. So people could get depressed or deal with mental illnesses from Feeling like they can't meet the standard of something. Yeah,
2: that's it. A, a lot of it stems from awareness. And when you were talking about mental health within the black family,
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, like we're now becoming more aware about mental health, but at the same time, there's still just a, a, a lot of ignorance. Within yes. some. Uh, my family in particular, mm-hmm. we just was having a heated conversation um, this past weekend. And it's like, I start to feel like, you know what? I, I don't even want to go have this conversation because- mm-hmm you're just too ignorant for me to even go down there. So okay. how, how can, as black families, if we're going to try to heal together, right. how can we even get there if some people are still just so
4: ignorant? Um, you have to, well, we have to start normalizing um, like how the mind works, period. Right. Like from the ages of between zero to seven, that's the age where we learn how to respond. We start being emotionally aware. We start being socially aware um, we learn how to just interact with other people. So if you're watching that growing up, mm-hmm. like I had so much um, animosity towards my mother because I felt like she should have just right. understood. But then as I, I dug deep, I have to realize, well, she's only raising me the way she know how. Right. Yeah. And then so on and it's so forth. Right. It's, it's a cycle, which is why I brought race in it. Because I feel like, not only black people are affected by oppression, mm-hmm. but so are white people. Yeah, mm-hmm. Think about that age between zero to seven and being told your whole life that another race of people are nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's how you're going to grow up and treat them like they're nothing. And then we're just responding to that. So I just feel like we need to have conversations from before slavery. Like I was watching the Red Table Talk. And I see how Jane Elliott, yes. you know, she was saying, like, there's no such thing as white people. Right. Because the truth is, you know, brown people were here 500s of thousands of years ago. And the skin color white came from an albinistic gene from the black woman. Now, if you think about melanin and you can't survive in the sun. So, of course, they migrated into, like, more secluded areas like cave In areas, you know what I'm saying, like that? But, like, that truth isn't told that we all come from one another. And if you just think about science, period. Like, I'm not a Scientologist or anything, but literally, if you just think about the way that animals change, their body types, their hair color, (laughs) their skin color, that's what happened to people. Like, we're animals. Right. And are you touching on these things
2: in the book? Like when someone gets towards I mean, the end of the book, like what if I'm someone battling depression, what would I mm-hmm. feel once I finish your book?
4: My book is to like get you in the right headspace to be open and, and to be mindful and realize that everybody is a victim. Like we're all mm-hmm. victims because of how the world is, because of somebody else's psyche. To not feel isolated. So, right, to not feel isolated. Because that's one of the things I did um, battling depression. I will isolate.
2: Yes, because you feel like nobody's going to yep. understand.
4: And then my role was always the strong friend. So I can't look weak. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be vocal because I feel like you don't understand. I see how you um, carry yourself. And I'm very analytic. So you you could show me how you are one time and then I'm going to act accordingly. I'm not going to be mean like, I could I could chill with you or it could be one thing, but you won't really know what's going on inside me. And that's a problem because what if I would have been vocal? Mm-hmm. I probably would have had some friendships. Some support. You know, and I had to realize that there's no way I could put expectation on another imperfection mm. for them to just know that I'm going through something or to read my mind or to understand without me being vocal or as equally understanding so I feel like that that's a big thing too with in every single type of relationship and I'm really big on loving yourself and really taking that time to heal yourself because that's all my book was I just talk I talk about when I finally got to to my breaking point yeah and it was like all right now you got to deal with yourself like and I, in the beginning of the book, I just talk about me traveling alone. I love to travel by myself. And there was a Jadenna concert in Ohio, and my father lived in Ohio. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just go. Um, I'm like the only one. Well, I was the only one out of my friends who liked Jadenna, So I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to go. He, a man. <laughs> he posted something on his Instagram and was like, um, I'm gonna sing the song Adora and whoever I give my rose to they're gonna meet me backstage so I'm like God if you do this if I get to meet you dinner, then I'll do the work on myself like I kind of tested God in that way oh. so I got there I try to get dressed early so I could be in there everybody ran to the bar so I get right right in front and then he comes out on stage and then He looked, and I was like, yep, I'm finna get that rose. Uh, So, and I got it, and I met him, and it was like we were old friends. Like, he has such Mm an inviting spirit, Mm -hmm. Um, and he will make you feel like family. His whole team makes you feel like family. So, So you got to go back and meet him. Yes. So once that happened, I was like, all right, God done answered my question, so it's time for you to do your work, and- my father, um, he works for two airlines, so he was at work all day, and I'm the only child, so I like used that time to make a vision board and really sat and and dealt with traumatic events that was in my life. And
1: so, was this book therapeutic for you, like putting yes. it out, being able to? Because that's your what story. it
4: was at first. It, I, it wasn't a book. It was just really me dealing right, with my thoughts. right dealing with my issues and pinpointing okay and, and taking responsibility that's one thing that people don't do they don't see their part in it whether mm-hmm. you were right or wrong in the situation there was something that you you did right. like for me in most situations i wasn't vocal mm. so however she responded um once i did tell her it was kind of like all right well you know you didn't say anything so and it was just me making so so many like correlations with society it's like the the biggest mental abuser is is society so and like we're literally all mentally abused like i don't want to like say it like that but right
1: well listen the one thing for sure is that your book now that i have your attention is out and people can listen to this interview and i think the one part about the show that's important is that people understand like we we interview a lot of celebrities. We talk about a lot of crazy things. We've mm-hmm. even talked about my own depression and mm-hmm. had Jennifer Lewis here talking about bipolar disorder. But it, we also allow for people to come on the show and promote their their stuff. And mm-hmm. the fact that you've written your story, you've told your story. And we're really passionate about coming on this platform to share it with our audience. And hopefully they go and check out now that I have your attention. Um, I think it's powerful because the one thing that was important when Jennifer Lewis was here, she said that it's just important that everybody write their story and mm, tell it. Did, you uh, don't have to be a superstar. You don't have to be a radio personality. You don't. I mean, you can be a T.A. helping special needs children mm-hmm. in a school and have a story that you feel could have impact on the world and tell it. And, you know, for and for our audience, hopefully they embrace that you had the courage to come on and tell. Your story, because talking about mental health, especially like you said, in our communities, takes a lot of vulnerability. Yes. And when, you, when you're when you vulnerable, you're open to attack. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm sure my co-hosts do too as well. Yeah. So people can follow you on your social media and go check it out. Yes.
0: And um, thank you for coming on and telling your story. Thank you for having me. All right, me. we're thank out of here.
4: You. Peace. Bye. Bye.